0: Discretion is advised. What up, world? <laughs> Welcome to the Professionally Silly Podcast. I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and if you happen to be new here, buckle up because uh, shit's about to get real. So this is the podcast you can experience the internet and all its glory audibly, so this is great. We discuss dope ass shit here, from ghost stories to true crime stories, we talk about hilarious news stories, and every now and then, something that we talk about will make you say, what the fuck? Plus, you might even learn something fun. So, yay. First things first, uh, I want to go ahead and shout out my listeners, new and returning, because I appreciate you guys for letting me molest your ear canals. I'm grateful to be inside of your head. I am. It's cozy in here. There's a lot of dirty thoughts in here. You guys should really clean out your heads. So where do I put my stuff? I'm kidding. Alright, so okay. corny. Alright, so last week we took a dive into part one of horror movies that are inspired by true events. Can I just say once again, like I said, the last episode, that is a very difficult word to say. Horror always sounds like horror when I say it. Alright, so we So we uh we definitely jumped into the creepy side of the professionally silly podcast. As I mentioned last week, there are so many horror movies that are based on true events or inspired by true events. And I, I thought about doing, uh, you know, another podcast on the subject. So here we are with a part two. hmm right. Mm. Gotta drink your water. All right. So if you missed part one, don't worry, it is still available. Um, I covered The Stranger's open water and, of course, Wes Craven's scream, which was awesome. It was a fun and creepy ass episode. Doing the research was, um, well, like I said, it was creepy as shit, but not at all surprisingly entertaining (laughs) because, as you guys know, I am a true crime junkie. I fucking love paranormal stuff. Love it. Creative shit, creepy shit, paranormal shit, All, all the shits. I love all the shits. Uh, <laughs> uh and that's why my uh youtube and and uh my my youtube channel and my podcast are bomb as fuck right yeah all right so this week we are i thought we would you know take another dive back into the depths of creepy with a few more horror movies that are inspired by true events Now, this is going to be a dope-ass podcast episode. Last week, the episode did very well. So I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy this part too. By the way, if you're listening uh, to this podcast on an Apple device, Uh, please go ahead and rate and review this podcast, hooking a girl up with five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, if you could do that pretty, please, or any podcast platform that allows you to rate and review. Hook me up with some goodness, okay? (laughs) It actually will be very helpful for other people who have not discovered the Professionally Silly Podcast to come across it, uh, the more good reviews and ratings that I get. So, hook me up, also, guys, if you want to join in on the silly uh, you have and then you have the anchor app, you know, what I'm saying hit me up with a voice message or you can call or text my Google voice number as well. I want to hear your voices for once. I want to hear what you got to say. So eight zero five six six four one eight two eight. Maybe you have an interesting topic that you would like me to cover. Maybe you want to tell me that I suck. Maybe you want to tell me that I rock. I don't know. Make sure you uh, also you can tweet me on Twitter, by the way, my um, contact info, including my Twitter and all that is down below in the show notes, as well as the phone number that I just mentioned to you guys. Uh, Before we get started, we're almost there, I promise. (laughs) With these horror stories inspired by true events, I have some important information for those of you who are interested in doing what I'm doing right now, creating your own podcast. And guess what? It don't cost a thing. It's free as fuck. It's free as fuck. So uh, your voice, your ideas, and your creativity is perfect for a podcast. Tell the world what you got to say, because I'm sure it's awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and hear this. And then we'll go ahead and get you back going in to the horror stories inspired by true events.
1: everyone has a birthday they'll always remember can we open my presents now mommy a good guy i knew it I, i'm chucky he's something isn't he this is andy's time for bed andy good night baby good night aunt maggie good night chucky everyone knows most accidents happen at home how did that happen this is no accident. Undetected Mike Norris, homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. <laughs> and so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter.
0: Andy, who? Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky in my hand I, I I
1: Oh for God's sake Why won't
0: you believe me?
1: Because I'm sane Mrs. barkley sane and rational no one believes the truth or lives to tell it there's nothing nice about murder and there's nothing innocent about child's play
0: So that sounded a little familiar, didn't it? (laughs) I figured that we would start with another amazing classic. It was so good that they had to make seven films. I'm talking about the Chucky series, but specifically Child's Play. Oh, yeah. Nothing like dolls coming to life to kill you. True horror, if you ask me. (laughs) Dolls definitely freak me the fuck out, especially like haunted dolls Or like, you know, in this case, one's possessed by a serial killer. But but did you know that that terrifying classic was indeed inspired by true events? Well, you do now, don't you? So let's start off with the movie Chucky Child's Play. In the movie, there was a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray, uh, who was being chased by, uh, you know, the cops in a toy store. Then he gets shot and he falls into a bunch of good guy dolls, which is, you know, the Chucky doll, but before possessed. (laughs) So naturally in his last act on the earth, he does some weird spiritual chant and puts his soul inside of, inside of one of the good guy dolls. Now in doing this, the doll comes to life and Chucky is born. So, Excuse me. Andy is the kid in the movie, and he wants a good—he wants a good guy doll. After he saw like a commercial on TV, which you know how that works for most kids. They see some shit on TV, they want it. I was one of those kids. I'm currently one of those adults, <laughs> but I still don't have the newest iPhone because they're expensive AF. Which is why I still have an iPhone SE. If anybody wants to donate a uh, <laughs> newer iPhone to me. Uh, P.O. Box 29. I'm just playing. But no, my P.O. Box is in the show notes below if you want to just make a donation. Okay. So, so anyways, he sees the commercial for the good guy doll. He wants it. His aunt Maggie buys him the doll, uh, you know, uh, for him. But he, she actually buys it from a dude who's selling toys in the alley, which, what can I say? You know, that's, If I'm, if I'm I'm going into an alley for anything, it's going to be to buy drugs or drunkenly vomit, not to buy a $50 toy. That's just me, but I don't got kids. So, (laughs) so now, now the doll is alive, alive as fuck and possessed with the soul of a serial killer, which, you know, can't be good, (laughs) you know, so, um, so the Aunt Maggie she uh, buys a doll and gives it to Andy, and Andy pretty much takes the doll everywhere he goes. Well, one night the aunt is babysitting and tells Andy it's time for bed, but Andy says that Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news. Now Aunt Maggie says no, and then tucks Chucky <laughs> in bed into bed uh, with Andy. Okay, but of course no one knows that this is Chucky just yet. Now. Now, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, so far, (coughs) excuse me, but Chucky has not shown who he is yet. But Chucky doesn't like that, um, you know, that he can't watch the nine o'clock news. You know, he's like, listen, bitch, I want to watch the news. Can't do this. So he flips out, hits her in the head, hits her in the face with a hammer while she's cleaning up some spilled flour in the kitchen. So she stumbles and ends up falling out of her kitchen window to death. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I put it like she fell out of her kitchen window to death. I just needed you to know that she died. <laughs> she lived in like one of those high rise apartment buildings. So it was a long fall down. So the police come to investigate her death and notice that there are small footprints in the flower that's on the floor. Now, ooh, let me take a sip of this coffee. Mm the best part of waking up is folgers in your cup. I'm actually drinking um, Kirkland, but you know, I like that jingle. All right. So, so she, so they notice small footprints in the flower on the floor. And the police think that the footprints belong to Andy because they're small, you know, and he's a kid. But the footprints belong to Dun Dun Dun, Chucky. All right. <laughs> So pretty much this doll is able to hide in plain sight and kill people whenever the hell it wants to. And he possesses the ability to use like, I, I guess, voodoo magic. I don't want to say voodoo because people tend to 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 think of voodoo and think of evil or black magic and stuff. But I don't think it was actual voodoo. You know what I'm saying? Look that shit up. I didn't, I didn't get that deep into it. So anyways, um, so they use some sort of magic to transfer the souls into the doll's. But uh, he soon learns that he can no longer um, uh, keep his soul inside inside of Chucky because the, the, the longer he stays inside of Chucky, the more human he becomes. And with that, the easier he would be to kill. So he's got himself quite the conundrum. <laughs> now Andy, uh, who's you know the kid, he tries to tell everyone that the doll is responsible for all the murders, but of course no one believes him because that shit sounds insane as fuck. I wouldn't believe his ass. I'm like, Andy, shut the fuck up. That doll is not killing people. Go do your homework, goddammit. <laughs> you know. So Chucky uh, gets on, uh, gets to go on killing. All right, but his killing spree. Just might be interrupted because he can't continue to live as a doll. Because like I said, he could end up trapped inside that doll's body forever. The longer he stays inside that doll, which means he'd be like a human doll that's still possessed by a serial killer. But that means we can shank his ass now. So that's good. (laughs) So if Charles you know the the uh the soul that's inside of Chucky if Charles wants to remain if he wants to be human he needs to put his soul into the body of a person okay the person that he revealed his true identity to and ladies and gents that is Andy he doesn't want to be a, a doll you know he wants to be a real person if he's going to go on if listen if you if you're going to go on a killing spree It's a little easier to do it as a human. I'm not, I'm not advocating for him. He shouldn't be killing niggas. Okay, that's wrong. I get you. Okay. All right. But if put yourself in his shoes, if you wanted to serial kill, wouldn't you want to do it as a person? That is his right. Okay, I'm just (laughs) playing. Fuck him. He's a serial killer. Um, (laughs) So people are getting killed. Shit's getting blown up things are blowing up literal explosions everywhere in this movie so I mean just things just blow up and you're like why? why would that cause it to blow up all right like (laughs) in these older movies all you have to do is like turn around and something blows up and there's no explanation for it okay so Andy is trying trying to explain to everyone that his doll is evil and is killing people and they want to lock him up at an institution because he sounds Bat shit crazy and let's all be honest okay if some kid told you that a doll was alive and killing people would you believe him would you though i wouldn't but <laughs> long story shorter which is you know it's already long um <laughs> after after chucky realizes that he um that he could that he could be killed he tries to seek help and this is after he was shot and saw that he could bleed so, yeah, I feel like seeing yourself bleed makes shit real. Like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> shit just got real. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he goes to a guy for help. And this man tells him that he needs to put his soul inside of the first person he told his true identity, his true identity to, you know. But after the. At- little <laughs> Okay, but this was only after Chucky stabbed um, a voodoo doll that was supposed to be an imitation of the man that he asked for help. He stabs that some bitch in the chest, the voodoo doll. So, of course, that kills the real man. But before he dies, he tells Andy's mom about Chucky being alive and how to stop him. But there is a final scene where we all believed Chucky was killed and it uh, and, and all was right with the world, except there were six more movies after that. So I'm assuming he made it. <laughs> but uh, now let's jump into the juicy part. Let's discuss the true story behind Chucky. Now, I'm not sure. OK, I'm not sure if any of you have actually seen the movie. Or the series, so I'm not going to tell you everything. I just gave you kind of like a little plot of what's going on, okay? So I'm not sure if any of you have ever heard of Robert the Doll, but I'm about to drop some creepy knowledge on you real quick. See, Robert is a haunted doll that is said to cause car accidents, broken bones, divorces, and many other misfortunes. And sometimes, even death seems like an opportune time to sip on this coffee because without it i would feel dead okay yeah i don't realize this but it's like three in the morning right now <laughs> so he is the inspiration of chucky a doll who also killed now the doll once belonged to robert eugene otto and uh he went to <clears throat> excuse me he went by eugene and Eugene was an artist. Okay, the door, um, the door was a the door, the doll was a present from his grandfather. And uh, he brought the doll to Germany in 1904. Now, many say that the uh, the doll was a gift from a servant of Eugene's family, but it's not really certain who gave him the doll. But uh, it said that, um, that she cursed the doll using voodoo, which I fucking hate that people use that as black magic or evil. Voodoo is not just that. Ugh, it's annoying. Okay. So supposedly she cursed the doll using voodoo before she gave it to him, which I don't know why. I'm assuming maybe the family treated her like shit. So she was like, "Uh, I'm going to curse. Your son, bitch is something like that. I don't know. Um, he decided to name the doll after himself, his first name, Robert. And of course, Eugene was um, a little Too into Robert. And people thought it was weird. Like he dressed Robert in a sailor suit that he had worn uh, once when he was a kid. And um, just like Andy with Chucky, Eugene took that doll everywhere. The doll even had a place at at the dinner table. You know, he spoke about the doll in first person as if it were alive. You know, he, he started blaming the doll for accidents or anything wrong that happened. And then it's as if like the phenomenon spread and over the decades, many people started to report strange things happening with the doll. Now, some people reported that when Eugene spoke to the doll, a different voice would answer back, which is creepy as fuck. Um, (laughs) Many people claimed that they saw the doll blink, laugh and even walk around And I got to be honest with you, if I seen a fucking doll uh, blinking and laughing and walking around, I'm just not going to be in that area any longer. I'm going to run as fast as I can. If there is not a door that I can logically see within sight, there is going to be an amber shaped hole in a wall. I'm telling you, I'm out that bitch. (laughs) This is okay. (laughs) I just wanted y'all to know. All right, so... So he took that doll with him, fucking everywhere. Okay. And um, people thought when he spoke to the doll, they would hear a different voice answering back, which is fucking insane. Like I said, so when he grew up, he moved out of his parents house and he took Robert with him. Now that's not that weird because a lot of people when they grow up and move out their parents house, they take their stuffed animals and toys and old stuff with them. People tend to do that. That's not that weird. So he kept the doll in the attic, but would hear footsteps and laughing coming from up there. Now, his houseguest heard it too. Robert was even seen in the upstairs window. Now, children swear they saw him all over the place, like legit, like the neighborhood kids. They'd be like, yo, that's Robert. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know? So when Eugene died, Myrtle Reuter, well, I don't think I'm saying her name right, but Myrtle uh, bought uh, the house and Robert came with it. The doll came with it. Now, her visitors also heard the laughing and footsteps in the attic. Myrtle's daughter even claimed that Robert tried to attack her. That's some fucked up shit. Now, in 1994, the doll was donated to a museum and uh, many flocked to see the haunted toy. Now, if anyone were to disrespect Robert or make him mad, they would suffer accidents or worse. Now, if guests left after visiting Robert and horrible things happened to them, they would write Robert letters apologizing for disrespecting him. So yeah, (laughs) which is, I don't, I can't fathom disrespecting a doll and then writing a letter to it. I just, I can't fathom that. I just, I'm not going to disrespect it. People say that shit is evil or haunted or something. I'm like, sir, can I get you anything? Would you like my Netflix account information? My social, whatever you need, sir. (laughs) Like, Okay. (laughs) So um, anyways, they wrote these letters uh, apologizing and they did this in hopes to end their bad luck some people even sent Robert boxes of candy after they visit him now robert is currently in key west florida in a museum so people can go see this doll whenever they want and if they piss it off or disrespect it and then go home shit goes down bad shit goes down bad luck they write these letters hoping to god that the doll will forgive them now the legend of robert has lived on for decades now and doesn't seem to be losing any traction anytime soon like I said, he currently lives in Key West, Florida and has been haunting the residence for over a hundred years. It's, it's even said that if you take a photograph with, of him without his permission, he will curse you. Now, a lot of people didn't believe this shit and they suffered the consequences later on. So <laughs> there, there's some of the story of Robert the doll. Maybe I'll do a um, a deeper dive into to him in another podcast episode. That'd be fun. But there are so many stories to tell when it comes to Robert. I haven't even scratched the surface, honestly. <laughs> but if you find yourself interested in me doing a full episode about Robert the doll, please let me know, tweet me, or, uh, you know, shoot me a call or text on my uh, Google voice number, All that information is below. Tweet me on Twitter. Let me know. Email me. I want to know. I want to know. Like I said, uh, once again, all that information is below in the show notes. Fuck, man. I ain't fucking with these dolls. Okay? Never send me a doll. Don't do that. I will flip the fuck out. I will just assume it's haunted. I just assume it's possessed by an evil spirit. That's just, that's a natural assumption that comes with me and dolls. That's all I'm saying. What up, ladies and gents? I've got some dope-ass news that I need to drop on your domes real quick. I just downloaded this dope app called World's Greatest Videos. It allows you to create amazing videos and gives you the opportunity to win cash prizes. So join me in the global video contest, download the app, World's Greatest Videos... Upload videos of your choice and shoot your shot to win some cash. There's nothing to lose and only fun to gain.
1: The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them.
0: There's something out there, isn't there?
1: You just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. What There's a coroner I've got to say. He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? There's something wrong with you. You're imaginable. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do. Don't fall. Oh, She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now. No one will survive. Help me! Help me! From Wes Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes, and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror. Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: I certainly hope that you guys are enjoying this because I definitely am. <laughs> Although it is dark as fuck outside, and it's so dark outside, I can't see what's outside my window. is so dark, so I'm like um, a little paranoid, if you will. So, anyways, let's go ahead and get back into um, our, let's get back into our next horror movie inspired by true events, the movie that made us all question. Any street named Elm, the classic we all know and love, Nightmare on Elm Street, the series that keeps on giving, starring of course the Prince of Nightmares, Freddy Krueger. Yay! Right? No? All right. So <laughs> I'm the one. I'm gonna. T- I'm the one who's gonna tell you this. Okay. I'm gonna tell you one thing. All right. He has kept many children awake at night, including myself. Hell, he even fucked up, you know, a few nights sleep uh, for adults, too. OK, again, me. <laughs> it, it's It was some terrifying shit when you think about it. I mean, we're talking about essentially a serial killer who can kill you in your dreams. How the fuck do you fight that? I mean, a bitch has to sleep sometime. I need my beauty rest and whatnot. So, so Wes Craven created this amazing classic slasher film where um, many Midwestern teenagers end up being killed by Freddy Cougar, who is played by Robert England. I hope I said his name right. And um, I believe that uh, this was actually uh, Johnny Depp's first film, like acting debut, like the first film he ever did. It's crazy to think he will probably never play the role of Captain Jack Sparrow ever again. Google it. Google it. Johnny Depp has been going through some shit lately. <laughs> all right. So in the 80s, the most terrifying place to live, in my opinion, was, you know, in the Midwest. It seemed to be the location where all the horror slasher films were created. If you want a movie about criminal activity, then yeah, film it in New York or Los Angeles. But if you want a true slasher flick... And there has to be open fields somewhere, maybe a barn. Definitely a lot of stereotypical attractive white people, okay? And they live in the Midwest. Now, I mean, you know, you can sprinkle in some black people up in there every now and then, but what's the point? They're just going to kill off the characters anyway, so what's the point? <laughs> just at least give us some speaking rolls before you kill us off. Anywho. We um we spoke about Wes Craven in the last episode in horror movies inspired by true events part one because he also did the movie Scream which to this day is one of my favorites I don't give a fuck what you say I love me some Ghostface <laughs> so Nightmare on Elm Street um like I said there we have several Midwestern teenagers who were killed by Freddy Krueger. And uh, Freddie is like this disfigured, ugly ass dream rider, <laughs> you know, and that's the best way to put it. He, he looks like an ugly, homeless burn victim who happens to live in your dreams and then waits to kill you. Well, I, I guess if he lives in your dreams, he's not technically homeless. My bad. We got to be politi- politically correct here. Now, if Freddy Krueger kills you in your dream, that means that you die in real in real life, too. So that's, you know, uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. So the movie takes place in Springwood, Ohio. Um, Okay, so this chick named Tina Gray. Wakes up from a horrible nightmare where she's attacked by this guy who looks like a burn victim in torn up clothes. And he also wears a blade fixed work glove on his uh, on, on his hands. Now, Tina wakes up from this dream and her mom points out these strange slashes on her nightgown which you can tell it's the eighties because who the fuck wears nightgowns anymore? <laughs> Unless you're like in your eighties. So, and if you wear nightgowns and you're like, I don't know, between the ages of 16 and thirties, and why just get a big ass t-shirt. Stop being a bitch. All right. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. So Tina tells her friends, Nancy Thompson and Nancy's boo thing, Glenn Lance, what, you know, which, um, Glenn is Johnny Depp's character. Now, what, Now she tells them what happens, and uh, she also tells her boyfriend, Rod, what happens. When her mom goes out of town, she decides to have herself a sleepover. Yes, she does, with her boyfriends, and they all... Th- oh, okay. S- fucking cat, I was... Damn, cat knocked over some shit. Ah, I'm trying to record, bitch. We'll be right back. My bad, y'all. My cat decided to literally just knock everything off the counter. Just fuck it all. Just <laughs> clean off my shit. Uh, I love her a lot. I do. But sometimes my cat can be a bitch. I'm just saying. Okay. So where was I? Okay. Yeah. All right. So Tina tells her friends, Nancy Thompson, and uh, Nancy's Boothang boo Glenn, Glenn, who is you know, Johnny Depp's uh, character. And Tina also tells her Boothang Rod. So um, one day her mom goes out of town. And so they all decide to have a sleepover with their boyfriends because that's OK, apparently in the 80s. And when she falls asleep, when Tina falls asleep, she has a dream of being chased by a homeless uh, by that homeless looking burn victim that I described to you guys earlier. You know, Freddy Krueger. Does he ring a bell? All right. So Tina's boyfriend, Rod, is awakened by her thrashing around and he sees her dragged around and cut up by something he can't fucking see. So naturally, he gets the fuck up out of there. Now, Glenn and Nancy wake up the next morning to find Tina covered in blood and dead the next morning, which I got to say. Uh, how the fuck did they not hear or see all that shit? They must be heavy ass sleepers. Or there was a scene of the movie that was cut out when they were all just shooting up heroin and just, I don't know. (laughs) How do you sleep through that? Anywho, by the way, heroin's bad. Okay. Don't do that. Uh, (laughs) Now, honestly, I don't really blame, uh, Rod for running off because that's some crazy ass shit. And I would have gotten my ass up out of there too. Had I seen that? Okay. The next, (laughs) the next day. Rod is arrested by Nancy's father, who just happens to be the lieutenant of the police department. You know, meanwhile, Nancy falls asleep in class and dreams of a man chasing her to the boiler room where she burns her arm on a pipe and she wakes up from her dream scared as fuck because she notices a burn mark on her arm. Uh, Her dream just got real as fuck. Okay. Okay. Later on, Nancy falls asleep in the bathtub and nearly and is nearly drowned by the same man she dreamed about when she was in class. You know how she got the burn mark on her arm. Holy fuck. Okay, first of all. All right. After you figured out the shit's gotten real, don't be falling asleep, you know, in bodies of water. I don't care how small the body of water is. Uh, Drowning doesn't sound like fun. Just saying. Moving on. (laughs) Now, I'll be honest with you. I haven't honestly ever fallen asleep in a bathtub before. Okay. I don't have that kind of time. I don't. A bitch has responsibilities. Okay. And those responsibilities uh, do not allow me extra time to sleep submerged in water. Okay. I don't have that kind of time. And if I had the kind of time to do that, okay, I would have caught all those dreams that I've been chasing. My podcast is doing well. My YouTube channels is is thriving. A bitch is getting uh, stand-up comedy sets all over the country. Okay? But none of those things are happening. So I'm a shower girl. Moving on. (laughs) That was a nice little therapeutic session. Thanks for letting me vent, guys. All the reasons is why I don't have time to take a (laughs) bath. Oh, I should edit all that out, but I won't. So Nancy decides to go visit Rod, who is still under arrest at the police station. Rod takes that opportune moment to tell Nancy what happened to Tina and, and, and his own dreams that he has had. So now Nancy is like, what the fuck? Why is this ugly ass homeless looking burn victim trying to kill me and all my niggas in our sleep? This is some fucked up ass shit. Okay. Which, in my opinion, is a fair ass question. Like, you know, what the fuck? So Nancy asked Glenn, and I'll explain to you why all this happens later. Now, Nancy asked Glenn, Johnny Depp's character, to watch her sleep to see what happens. She ended up seeing a, um, ended up seeing Freddy about to kill Rod while he was in jail. But he turned, but Freddy Cougar ended up turning his attention towards her. Now, eventually, Freddy Krueger kills Rod while he is still in his jail cell. Nancy and Glenn, they end up finding his body hanging in the jail cell. Now, Nancy decides to t- to tell her parents finally about these dreams, and they decide to take her to a sleep disorder clinic to help her. Because, you know, white folk, they don't believe shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you just need doctors. <laughs> Understood. I probably would have done the same. Um, while she's there... Um, in one of her dreams, she's able to snatch Freddy Krueger's fedora hat and pull it back into reality. And can I also say that it is extremely difficult to pull off wearing a fedora hat these days? Okay, and if you are one of those lucky people who can do that, if I ever see you in the street, I'm going to give you the best high five of your life. I promise you. We you would have never received a mightier high five than the one that I will give you if I see you rocking that fedora hat. I just want to point that out. Okay. <laughs> so, what the kids um don't know initially is that the parents are the ones responsible for what's happening to them in their dreams and in turn reality. Freddy Krueger was once a human child was a, hu- a human child. Of course, we were all human childs. But Freddy Krueger was once again was once before a human child killer who the neighborhood killed because the legal system failed them. Uh, he was released from prison on a technicality. So now he is getting revenge by killing their children and their dreams. So damn. Talk about holding a grudge, huh? <laughs> Fuck. Now, I won't tell the entire movie because there's um even though it's an older movie, it's, it's a freaking classic and you should definitely watch it if you haven't already. And, and it's followed by a series of sequels. So Def, get your buddies together for a binge night. I think there's like seven or eight Freddy Krueger. I'm not sure. Hold on. Um, Alexa, how many Fre- Freddy Krueger movies are there? Here's something I found on the web. According to whatculture.com and since 1984,
1: rightly or wrongly, there have been nine Freddy films to date, including Freddy vs. Jason.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So th- Nine. I was, I was close. Man, I love that bitch. She'd be telling me everything I need to know. Um, so let's get into the true story that inspired Nightmare on Elm Street. So the film was inspired by newspaper articles from the Los Angeles Times in the 70s. The articles were about Southeast Asian refugees trying to escape to the United States because of, uh, because of war that involved Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Now, not to mention they were dealing with, genocide, uh, with the genocide of so many people as well, which is not something new to our history on this earth, unfortunately. Uh, Because of the horrific things that they experienced, they suffered from extremely disturbing nightmares and they refused to sleep. A lot of the men actually died in their sleep later on. Now, when Wes Craven was going through these articles, he realized that they never actually correlated them. The medical community ended up calling the phenomenon Asian Death Syndrome And it seemed to affect men between the ages of 19 and 57. And uh, it was believed to be sudden unexplained death syndrome, kind of like SIDS, uh, like when the children, uh, when babies pass away in their cribs, which is super fucking sad. Now, around the time that the film was in production, California had a hugely publicized child molestation cases. I mean, hugely publicized because of this. Um... People don't realize this, but Craven originally wanted Freddy Krueger to be a child molester instead. But because of uh, this highly publicized case, Craven decided to make Freddy Krueger a child killer instead because he didn't want to be accused of using what was happening in California to his benefit, which makes sense. You know, just kill all the kids, kill them all, kill them all. (laughs) So Craven even named Freddy Krueger after a, a child that bullied him when he was in school. So there's a lot of things that inspired this classic slasher film. Now Freddy Krueger is the villain that everyone is afraid of. We stand for you know, he, he's pretty much he stands for the worst kind of adult, you know, the dirty old man, the 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 adult that you can't trust. He's he's the guy we all talk about at night when we tell ghost stories. He's the boogeyman. He's the monster that takes advantage of you in your in your most vulnerable moment while you're asleep so yeah that was fun right listen uh I hope you guys sleep well tonight and I mean that I do do
1: you want to see him yeah and the music stops you see him in the mirror standing behind you It's 9:18. We're headed down into the cellar where the door's just opened on its own. Give us a sign that you want to communicate with us. <laughs> what are you guys? Well, we've been called ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. But
0: we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. There's someone here that would like to talk to you. There's something horrible happening in my house.
1: November 1st, 1971, I'm sitting here with Carolyn Perrin, who, with her family, has been experiencing supernatural occurrences. You picking up anything in here, hon? Huh? Something awful happened here, Ed. Whatever Lorraine sees, feels, touches, it takes a toll on her. A little piece each time. You have a lot of spirits in here, but there's one that I'm most worried about because it is so hateful. Get out of here. That's not going to help. This thing has latched itself to your family. I've never seen nothing wow. like this. I'm coming with you. No way. I can't lose you. There's a lady in a dirty nightgown that I see in my dreams. She's standing in front of my mom's bed. <laughs>
0: As I'm sure you all know, I love the paranormal. That shit is titties, man. I just enjoy it. Now, I'm probably way more than I should, but it's intriguing, you know? So I would be out of my mind if I didn't put The Conjuring on my list. This movie was scary as fuck. Okay, and produced some sequels of its own. This movie uh, was horrifying, as like like I said, and I definitely screamed a lot while watching. It has some of the best jump scenes, jump scare scenes ever made. Okay, so let's get into the meat of the movie. So in the early seventies, Roger and Caroline Peron or Perrin uh, move into a creepy ass farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Rhode Island with their five daughters. Now, i had never been to Rhode Island. I've never had $5 and I've certainly never lived in a farmhouse. (laughs) I wonder if they're Catholic or if they just don't know how to use condoms. Wait, were condoms out in the in the 70s? Did they have? I don't know. I'm off topic. My bad. All right. Now, (laughs) when they um, first moved into uh, into their new home, their dog Sadie refuses to enter the house. Now, this is obviously a sign because, as they say, a lot of animals and uh, children tend to be able to see and experience paranormal things more so than adults. So after moving into this creepy ass house, um, the family decides to play a game of hide and clap, which is exactly like hide and seek except you are blindfolded and have to listen for the sound of someone clapping to find the person who is hiding. Now, when I was a kid, freeze tag was the game. Okay. I I also used to fuck up red light, green light or green light, red light. You know, that game when you like have to get to the person who's got their eyes covered and they're like green light. And then you have to get to them as soon as possible. But as soon as they say red light, you got to stop moving. And every now and then there was that little asshole kid. It was like yellow light and you had to move in like slow motion. I was that asshole kid, by the way. But once again, I digress. <laughs> so a lot of strange paranormal occurrences happen the first few nights in their creepy new house <laughs> while playing um, hide and clap. The mother of the family hears her child clapping in the closet. Now, remember, she's blindfolded, so she can't see shit. But the person she hears clapping is not her daughter at all. The camera shows us, the viewers, uh, these dead looking hands, adult hands, mind you, coming out of the closet through the clothes clapping. That, of course, is uh, creepy as fuck. Now, (laughs) strange things uh, begin to happen around the house, including the clocks all stopping at 3.07 a.m., And uh, many of you may or may not know this, but between the hours of 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. is known as the witching hour, something that we've discussed in previous uh, podcast episodes. Now, that is a time frame where the most paranormal uh, things seem to occur. Now, they also find their dog, Sadie, dead outside. Uh, So, I fucking hate when they kill animals in the movies. Like, I know it's based off stuff. I get it. But why y'all gotta kill the animals? It's a movie. He could have lived. Y'all could have saved Sadie. Anyway, so shit is getting real as fuck. But why why they had to uh, kill the damn dog, man, it's beyond me. It's a movie. They could have saved her. Pissed off. Speaking of which, y'all know that movie I Am Legend with Will Smith and he's got the dog, uh, the German Shepherd, Sam, and then... And then Sam died. Man, that was the saddest shit. Mmm. <sighs> I hate when they kill the animals in movies. If people die, it's like, all right, <laughs> but animals, no. <laughs> Don't get me started on Marley and me. Oh, okay. Well, moving on. Um, so, um, one of their daughters tells our <clears throat> tells her family that there is a spirit that is telling her that her entire family is going to die, which is probably terrifying as fuck as a child or as an adult. The evil entity or entities are traumatizing the children and the parents have no idea what the fuck to do because how do you fight evil spirits Like how, that's just the end of the question. How do you fight evil spirits? (laughs) So they decided to reach out to Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are paranormal investigators with a shitload of experience. And guess what? They even investigated the haunted doll known as Annabelle. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure many of you have heard of that creepy ass doll. And of course, the movie that came out not too long ago about her. So Ed and Lorraine do their thing and they realize that their house is indeed haunted and will need an exorcism but they will need uh to get permission from the Catholic Church. You can't just get an exorcism from the church because you want one. Exorcisms from what I understand are kind of rare these days but they still happen and they are um there have been many times where someone was mentally ill and were mistaken and, and were mistaken Uh, as being possessed so yeah so this so you definitely need to have proof that your home needs to be exercised or you need an uh, exorcism because a lot of harm can come from trying to exercise someone who doesn't need it you know all right, plus the Catholic Church already has other issues that they're dealing with, if you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I'm such a dick. Ah, okay, and it it's hilarious because I was actually raised Roman Catholic, but I don't, I'm not very religi- religious y. Is that a word? Moving on. So, the last thing they need is to be exercising people with mental issues. So, Catholic Church, get your shit together, okay? <laughs> and Lorraine Warren, do their research and find out that. Uh, find out the home at one time belonged to a woman who was accused of being a witch, which you know, think huh, witch, witch, witch. Okay, which thank God it's not an issue that we still have to deal with these days because at one point in time, all you need to do was to be considered a witch. Uh, <laughs> to be considered a witch is you know you just gotta be a woman that is not compliant to the patriarchy to the patriarchy of this uh, this country. I don't know why I had a hard time. Patriarchy. God damn it. <laughs> I told you it's early. I'm only on my third coffee. Leave me alone. My brain is working faster than my mouth can. I don't have time. So meaning any woman could be accused of being a witch at any time, which kind of sucks ass. You know, uh, she can be accused of being a witch and she can be killed for any reason at any time. And at one point they would do something when they, I forget what it was called, but they would uh, tie you up and throw you into, uh, like a lake or river or something. And if you floated to the top, you were a witch, they would hang you or bring you at the stake. If you drowned, then you weren't a witch, but now you're dead. So there's just, (laughs) it's just not a lot of justice here. Not a lot of justice. Okay. So, uh, where was I? Uh, Okay, here we are. So even, um... So even if you're if you're labeled as a witch, they're going to kill you. Period point blank. Now, kind of being a woman in today's society is not that much different from back then. Okay. They may not be drowning us or shit, but they definitely don't treat us right. Now, the moment a woman shows that she has balls, figuratively speaking, she's labeled as a bitch. All right? Now, the moment she does something that nobody understands back in that time, she's labeled as a witch. So, you know, you get it. Ah, what a time to be a woman. My ovaries are brimming with pride. So (laughs) let's get back to the witch. It is said that this witch sacrificed her baby to the devil, you know, as one does, and, and then killed herself in the 1860s. Now, they do more research and investigate the home to find out that this place is way more haunted than they expected. Uh, just demons out the ass, just, just demons everywhere. Now, because they have uh, decided to investigate this, paranormal things have begun to happen to them in their home and their family. And I'm speaking of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, the evil witch who killed her baby and herself in the 1960s decided to possess the mother who currently lives in that house. Okay, now we're talking about Carolyn uh, Peron. now. Okay. So now this white lady is trying to kill her children and needs her own exorcism. And this is why you don't live in farmhouses in the middle of nowhere, because you will be possessed and try to kill your children. Like that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to save your lives. (laughs) So so much went down in this movie that you would have to see it for yourself. I, (laughs) I guess the word is... Uh, enjoy, enjoy this. Enjoy this movie. <laughs> as usual, I'm not going to tell you everything that happened in every detail of the movie because I want you to enjoy it for yourselves. So now let's get into what inspired this movie. Now, what many people may not know is that the Perron family is real as fuck. In 1970, Roger and Carolyn Perron or Perrin, uh, and their five daughters, they moved into a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, so they're still in Rhode Island. It was a 200. Uh, it was 200 acres of land, and is where the family resided for about 10 years. Now, at first, the spirits were friendly and non-threatening. They even played with the children from time to time. But after a while, the paranormal events seemed more malicious, and and only seemed to happen at night which, you know, creep factor has just gone up to 10. Now the family, I mean, just to let you know, if a place is haunted, it's fucking haunted, whether it's dark or light outside, okay? Don't think just because it's during the daytime, shit won't go down. Shit will still go down and you still won't see it happening. The only difference between being afraid in a haunted location at night and during the day is you can clearly see the exits. (laughs) So yeah. Okay, let's get back to what we're talking about here. (laughs) So um, the family would hear strange noises at night, things moving around without someone being near them. They would hear voices at night and giggling. Picture frames would fall off the walls onto the floors. And in other words, shit got paranormal up in that bitch. Okay, even the even the beds would sometimes levitate off the floor. I, I don't know about you guys, but ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, that's the kind of shit that it makes it okay for you to literally shit yourself. That's terrifying. And <laughs> nobody can say shit to you. Uh, did you shit yourself? you damn right. I shit myself. My bed was levitating. God damn it. <laughs> From time to time, uh, they would see childlike spirits roaming around the house. um, Now, from my personal research on the matter, demons have the ability to hide their true self in the form of children in order to gain your trust. Now, once again, which would not work for me because I don't fucking trust children. I don't. I don't trust them. Okay? No. (laughs) Once they get your trust, they can get you to do whatever they want. See, this shit right here Is why I'm terrified of young white children. Let me explain. Because every time we see one of these movies, it's always young white kids doing demon shit. Okay? And I don't got time for young white children doing demon shit. I'm terrified of y'all. If a young white child comes up to me and says, Hi, how are you doing today? I'm going to think, why is this child trying to steal my soul? Take your white baby and keep it moving. Okay, (laughs) I've got time to be possessed, especially if that white kid just randomly starts speaking Latin. Get the fuck out of there. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) So there were several spirits in the house, uh, but there was one spirit in particular that caused them the most trouble. Now, the name of that spirit was Bathsheba. I think that's how you say it. Bathsheba Thire. So let's go ahead and go back in time to around the early 1800s when she was born. She had a son named Herbert uh, with a man she married named uh, Judson Sherman. No one is certain, but it's believed that she had three other children, but they must have died at a very young age because there there's really no record of them, which makes sense because 1800s. <laughs> However because of this it sparked rumors about her being a witch many people thought that she sacrificed her children to satan then to make matters worse uh, a child who was in her care died she was like babysitting or something now the manner of death was um to the head with a sewing needle uh which you know natural causes <laughs> now lucky for her she was not found guilty of these accusations. She died in 1885, which is a good year. <laughs> 1885, good year. Um, it is said that she hung herself. Now, it's also said that um, Bathsheba targeted the mother of this family, <clears throat> you know, Car- uh, Carolyn's family, in a fit of rage and jealousy. She targeted the mother of this family. Now, this particular spirit or demon, is described as being a very old, ugly woman with her head tilted to the side as if her neck has been broken. Not a spirit that I want visiting me at night or any other time of the day. We're good. Um, Bathsheba possessed Carolyn and tortured her family. So this family needed some serious help. However, when Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up and began their investigation, this seemed to upset the spirits and made paranormal activity uh, a lot more frequent and way more dangerous. So Ed and Lorraine, they performed a seance on Carolyn in hopes of saving her. But when they did it, they ended up opening a demonic portal that they did not know how to control or close. Now, remember, a few episodes ago, we did the Ouija board stories, uh, with my buddy, uh, DJ. Hey cousin. (laughs) He is the host of the OD podcast. Anyways, we we did a story about the Ouija boards. And one of the reasons I said that you should not fuck with Ouija boards is because you can open up portals and doorways to something you don't fucking understand. And you cannot defend yourself against the same goes for seances. Don't do shit. You don't understand. Okay. (laughs) And Ed and the rain Warren, are one of the most well-known, most well-profound paranormal investigators in the world. They had a lot of information about the paranormal, and even they fucked up. So, all right, fucking neighbor's dog. So when that happened, Roger, the father of the family, kicked Ed and Lorraine out of their house because uh, they opened up a demon portal, which is, you know, kind of a good reason to be pissed at somebody. Because you can't just pick up and move unless you have tons of money, which most of us don't. So the family wasn't able to leave their home for about seven years, um, seven more years. So they were finally able to leave later on. And they ended up moving to Georgia, which is the state that I'm from. Yeah. Shout out that GA. All right. So (laughs) fast forward to a few decades later to 2011, one of the Perron children, Andrea, wrote a three-part series book called House of Darkness, House of Light. Then two two years later in 2013, The Conjuring was made with a $20 million budget and it made over $300 million worldwide. Now, during the making of the movie, the real Lorraine Warren was visited, uh, was visited, was invited uh, to the set to make everything seem more realistic on set by sharing her actual memories and and things like that with the crew. Even uh, the Perron family agreed that the set was exactly as they remembered, and the events that took place were accurate as fuck. So, the, the they said the movie was pretty accurate as hell. That's that's exactly what happened to them. Now, Ed and Lorraine Warren has since uh, left us. They've passed away. And I can only think now that all the knowledge they had while they were still walking this earth has become. (sighs) I can't even imagine all the information they have now that they're in the afterlife themselves. So, yeah, there you have it. (laughs) The Conjuring. And there you have it. Three more horror movies inspired by true events. Now, I certainly hope that that the thoughts of this information, uh, it keeps you up at night. If there is anything that you can take from this podcast episode, it's get your homies together and uh, watch all these classics. Binge, look, binge party, bitches. Let's do it. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we should watch one of those um, classics together on like a Periscope live or something one day. That'd be fun. Now, I certainly hope that you guys enjoy this creepy and silly podcast episode of the Professionally Silly Podcast. The research for this episode was insane, so I certainly hope that you guys will show your support by hooking your girl up by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would actually help me out a lot to get my podcast out there to those who haven't heard of us yet. And I am out here chasing my dreams, and the only thing you have to do in order to help me catch them is share this kick-ass podcast with a friend and leave a review anywhere that allows you to review this podcast so yeah also if you um if there is a podcast that you like besides mine you know do that podcaster a favor and also leave them a five-star review for their podcast as well it makes our day to know that our listeners are not only listening but they're enjoying what they're listening to It's like a visual validation that every content creator needs and wants to experience, okay? They want to know that all the research, hard work, sacrifices, and creativity is not only appreciated, but enjoyed. So yeah, (laughs) but not to mention, there's just a lot of amazing podcasts out there, listeners, so have fun. Shout out to uh, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, YouTube, and Google once again for helping me find the movies that were actually inspired by these true events, events. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Those are the dope-ass sites that I use for research. Oh, uh, send me your ghost stories, true crime stories, alien abduction stories, confessions, embarrassing moments, whatever. I want to start doing listener stories because that would be dope as fuck. And uh, I also want to go ahead and, um, and shout out uh, Belinda Dorsey, for her fifty dollar donation to my PayPal, girl, I appreciate it because this will go to the future content of Professionally Silly. Because I'm in the throes of creating a Patreon, so bear with me on that. But yeah, that's gonna go to uh, my Professionally Silly content. It can go to equipment that I may need for my podcast or my YouTube channel. You know, go to locations because I also do paranormal investigations on my YouTube channel, and to get around to those locations it costs money. So yeah, goes right back into the content. I know that you guys have some shit that you probably want to get off your chest. Okay. And you can be anonymous if you like, you can be anonymous. All right. Just send me, just send me an email. Let me know and hook me up with some listener stories. Okay. Cause I want to have some fun with your lives. Um, ch- check out the show notes for some bonus information like my social media. I've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you know, and by the way, my channel is also called Professionally Silly. Man, I have so much fun on there. Like, yeah, check me out. Check me out. Follow, subscribe, fammy, whatever you want to call it. I would love it, love it, love it, love it. If you would share. Uh, this podcast and my YouTube channel with a friend and help me grow. Let's get professionally silly, baby. Once again, I'm your audible Boothang, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you so much for listening to the professionally silly station here on anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously, right? I should do like phone porn. Do they still do that? Phone porn, phone sex, whatever. Is that still a thing? all right, whatever. Feel free to call in about any episode of Professionally Silly that you've heard uh, through the Anchor app, or you can call or text my Google Voice number, you know, for a chance to be featured on my podcast, 805-664-1828. Until next time, my loves, watch where you step, because there's pieces of shit everywhere. And if you're all caught up on the silly, check out these dope ass podcast promos from a few of my favorite podcasts. Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also a host of the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later! Hey, True Crime listeners, check out our podcast, I Said Goddamn. We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say Goddamn. Every Sunday, we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of. Along the way, we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language. Listen every Sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories. Also, follow us on Twitter at ISGDPodcast or visit our website, ISGDPodcast.com.
1: Hey, gamer, my trusted companion confidant slash spirit animal, I don't know if I can convey to the audience how great this podcast is within 60 seconds. Wait, what? I mean, yeah, it's called the LD Podcast because all the information and things you may learn here may cause you overdose. What? I mean, yeah, if you come here with an open mind, heart, perspective, you'll leave with everything plus some laughter. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, yeah, we talk about everything under the sun, around the sun, and in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah that's true. Huh? What? And yeah, it's a perfect place to work on your verbal roundhouses. Damn it, I chose wisely. You heard him here, folks, all right? Here at the OD Podcast, where doses may vary, you get everything you need to become a better person and less of a jerk, all right? Come join us. We promise you'll learn and leave with something amazing. We love you. Come stay with us.
0: Come join the podcasting community. What are you waiting for? Share your voice right here on Anchor FM.